listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Hey there, welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm Jessica O'Reilly, your friendly neighborhood sex and relationship expert. And Brandon here as well. My husband. Your partner in crime. And then a whole lot more. Today, we are answering listener questions as well as questions I received on Instagram. So I get a lot of messages on Instagram. Many of them are blurred out for my protection. <laughs> if you send me an image and I don't follow you, I won't get it. So you can just keep keep your dick pics. <laughs> You're like, well, it's a phallic image that appears blurred out in the background. Yeah, I actually can't see them at all. But I do get a lot of questions over Instagram, and I think it's because we make so many Insta stories that are um, raw, <laughs> messy, I have terrible camera skills. But I have a bunch of questions I want to try and get through, uh, and we'll see how many we can get to. Before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to Desire Resorts for their support of this podcast. They rock. We're heading there October 24th and 25th. Just in time for the warm weather here in Toronto. That's right. Actually, we're sitting here in Toronto recording in our super high-tech podcasting studio. It's really high-tech. Yep, there's a, a laundry, uh, what do you call this? <laughs> Just keeping it real. A laundry rack in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually a rough day because the power is out at our house as well as at our office down the street and so we're recording from our home office sweating buckets yeah gotta make it happen yeah brandon still smells fresh though i doubled up on deodorant today Ah, okay it's 45 degrees in here (laughs) well uh back to desire we'll be there on october 24th and 25th teaching workshops for a couple's retreat it's going to be a lot of fun you don't have to pack a thing because it's clothing optional absolutely not a thing needed. Just carry on. Yeah, just kidding. You, you need clothes for meals. And people really get into the theme nights. Yes, that's true. Brandon, Brandon what are you going to I have dress many up sailor outfits. <laughs> I actually really like the guy who dressed up as like a Pokemon character one night. I don't remember that. Uh, it was on one of the cruises. Maybe I'm totally mistaken. It wasn't Pokemon, but he had a giant bear head costume on, and I thought it was awesome. What's your favorite outfit you've ever seen at Desire. We've been going for about 10 years. We've been on a couple of their cruises. You put me on the spot. I can't think of one that really, there's some really risque costumes. What about but then, the black tape? Yeah, you know what? Definitely. The, the black tape was awesome. Like when men or women dress in tape and it it's just like I don't know, crisscross, tattooed all over their body. It looks really cool. Yeah, they make outfits out of electrical tape. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do with electrical tape. I thought you were going to pick one of my outfits, but thanks. Yeah, no worries. So, um, yeah, nothing nothing to add to this story (laughs) anymore. All right, so thank you to Desire. We'll be there in October, and then we'll be on their next cruise, leaving out of Monte Carlo next year. Well, I'll be there. Brandon's yet to be decided. I'll be there with my seasickness patch on. Right. Yeah, you'll see him with his little patch behind his ear. <laughs> well, okay. I, I don't want to take up any more time because we have a lot of questions that I'd love to get through. Many questions, not a lot. English teacher here. Uh, this person says, I listen to your podcast on sex clubs and we've talked about going, but I'm just not ready yet. I'm fine watching porn. But the idea of real live people freaks me out. Uh, My girlfriend really wants to go 
and you always say that we need to take baby steps. So is there something we can try in the meantime until I'm ready to go to the club? Well, first and foremost, you may never feel ready to go to a sex club and you don't have to go to a sex club. And I know that I've said that all couples should at least discuss the possibility and I should stay away from shoulds, I know, but I think it's important to discuss the possibility of these different environments, especially because I know sex clubs can be so beneficial to not only your relationship and your sex life, but also to your sexual confidence and body image. Having said that, you don't have to go. There's no reason you have to go to a sex club. You can have a fulfilling, happy, fun, passionate sex life and never go to a sex club. So first and foremost, uh, you know, sometimes when Brandon and I, share our insights, you have to remember that it's not gospel, right? What works for us personally and what I know from research does not apply to 100% of you. Yeah, and what applies today may not apply tomorrow. And um, I love the idea of taking baby steps. I love the idea that you can think about it, but never do it. Right. And sometimes that in itself is enough. It's just this willingness to have the discussion and how that discussion can turn into something exciting. Yeah, I think that's cool. Like you could even just talk about what you're going to do at the sex club in bed, right? So while you're having sex, you can talk about all the naughty, exciting, risky things you're going to do and you never actually have to do it. So that's a good baby step. Yeah. And that, and that in itself just kind of creates a, a comfort or maybe another dialogue comes out of that fantasy play right right like you I say to you all of a sudden I'm like wow you told me something yesterday while we were having sex and I hadn't I didn't know that that was you know of interest to you right and then all of a sudden a whole new set of conversations comes about or maybe you do something as simple as you talk about it when you're out having dinner and you drive by the club but yeah. you don't actually go in like you tease yeah and the, and if you're going to do those type of things you have to set boundaries because it's only going to be a turn on and be fun if you feel safe and trust your partner, right? Because if you feel like they're going to try and pressure you in the door, that's going to be a problem. And the other thing is, I don't know about you, but me personally, I'm always a little bit uncomfortable even when we go to sex clubs. Even when I know that we are there for work, I still feel a degree of nerves. And that's what kind of makes and, it exciting. And, and it does make it exciting, but I know nothing's going to happen. I know I may see some stuff. I know I may not see some stuff. But it's just the environment that's kind of titillating. It's a uh, play on words there, but you get what I'm saying. It creates a vulnerable sensation. It's a nervous sensation. It's a fun sensation. Right. And being nervous can be a big turn on as long as you're not too nervous. And the thing about sex clubs is people go for lots of different reasons. So don't assume that every sex club is just going to be a big orgy with a ton of people having sex. You can go to a sex club and at times not even see sex. We've been to Oasis before. Uh, so you should go back and listen to that episode if you haven't. I know this person has, but there's an episode with Fatima from Oasis Aqua Lounge in Toronto, and they're probably the most innovative sex club in North America. What I really liked about Oasis is that when you walk in and you're on that ground floor, that main level, it's just a bar. Now, some people are coming in from the pool and some people are going upstairs, but some people are just there dancing and having a drink. Uh, and it, 
seemingly could stop right there. Like if you didn't go to another floor, I don't think you'd see the craziness that everyone, or at least when we went mm -hmm. where we've been, you don't necessarily necessarily see that kind of insanity that I think people assume it exists at every moment on every floor in any sex club ever. Right, right. You know, I have another idea for you. So you you said that you're comfortable with porn. So I was thinking you could also, as a bridge or as another step, if you're comfortable with it, you could sign into an adult webcam room that features either a webcam model or multiple webcam models or even another couple. And this can be a little risque, but more couples are getting in on webcams and it's kind of neat because you see and engage with the person from the safety of your own home and these models perform live you can make requests of them and some couples do this often some people just do it on a special occasion and I think the reason people really like webcams and why I like webcams is they're not produced Right? There's not really anyone giving instructions other than those of us who are tipping and saying, can you do this? So now the webcam, webcam rooms can also be, I think, a little bit nerve-wracking because they're real live people, right? It's not an, you know, a, like for instance, a porn star who you might never meet. Uh, it's a, it's a two-way interaction. They can't see you, <laughs> but they can see the messages that you're typing and the tips that you're leaving. And so you have to have some pretty serious discussions before you do something like this. So you might ask questions like, okay, if we're going to sign into a webcam together, does it mean that we feel comfortable doing it alone? And there's, there's no hard and fast rules. People will say, no, we, you only do things together. Okay for you. But for other people, they might be fine with a different set of rules. So don't worry about what anybody else has to say. It's not for me and Brandon to decide what's okay for you. You two or three or however many of you there are have to decide what works for you. And, and then other things you want to discuss in advance if you do decide to sign into a webcam. Are you willing to interact and chat with the models or do you just want to be there watching? as lurkers. <laughs> Just kidding. No, it's perfectly fine. Uh, and then you want to talk about your feelings. Are you nervous about the experience? What can a partner do to assuage your nerves? If you feel uncomfortable while you're in the chat room, while you're watching it, how are you going to address it? Are you just going to close the screen and walk off? Are you going to take a break? Are you going to just hold your partner's hand or ask for some comfort? And then the other thing with these sites that's so important and I know this because I hosted the Adult Webcam Awards a few years ago. And to prepare for my role as the MC, I watched a lot, uh, many, many, many webcams. And I went into an abyss one day. Really? Oh my gosh, I was just watching webcam after webcam, like model after model, couple after couple. And I, it's like, I was like, oh, I, and I'm, I'm not saying it's compulsive, it's not an addiction. It's just easy to go into the abyss, crawl into a hole, sort of like Facebook. So I was going to say, it's kind of like Instagram, only for porn. Exactly. It's like watching stories. And you, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> 40 minutes, two hours have gone by. So because some of these sites are pay-based sites, uh, some of them are free, but some of them involve payment, you're, you're going to want to set a spending limit between the two of you as well. If mm -hmm. this is something that, that interests you.
You can make it rain in Bitcoin. <laughs> How many Bitcoin do you have? I have a tenth of a Bitcoin. <laughs> a tenth of a bit. I don't even know what a Bitcoin is worth. How many Bitcoin? Um, so I, I, again, this is one option. I think adult webcams are presenting a whole new realm, a whole new set of possibilities for couples who are monogamous or monogamish and not perhaps ready or open to playing with other people. And again, remember that sex is not something that has to become more and more intense with every week or month or year. Just because you did something today doesn't mean you have to do something more risque next week. In fact, if you look at our relationship, I think we, we kind of have these ebbs and flows where sometimes we're doing things that are a little bit risque and then sometimes we're rather vanilla. And it's not a, 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 it's not a constant incline. Yeah, there's not always an upwards trajectory. Sometimes you plateau, sometimes you regress. Yeah. And you've commented on this before. Sometimes it's not always a 10 out of 10. No, like last night was like a four. It no, just a, kidding. It, it was a solid, it was a four for you, it was an eight for me. <laughs> um, no, actually, it was quite good for me. Good. Yeah. I'll give As it, for me. I get, I, it's like Uber. I'll give you a... You give me a four-star rating? You just said it was an eight. Yeah, I give you a five-star rating. I get a five-star rating. Yeah. But it, are you going to leave me a tip? No. No. Well, it depends how you set your tip. Is it $3, $5, No, I'm like, I'm like a 50% tip or more. 50%. Well, that's good because I paid because you... Because I drive Uber all the time and I, I, it's always 50%. I paid that. you nothing. So <laughs> you're getting 50% of nothing. Uh yeah. So, so I hope that's a little helpful. I like what Brandon said about just playing with the thought and talking about it. And if there is some sort of middle ground, I think webcams can provide one. In fact, I'd like to uh, interview some webcam models uh, in, in the future and talk about what it's like. Because the first webcam I ever went on, it was just a girl sitting there. And I swear she was, I may have told this story before, but I swear she was like clipping her toenails or playing with her toes or something. I'm sure she was not clipping her toenails. Maybe that's a thing for somebody. It's a kink for somebody, for sure. And I would never yuck your yum. Even if it's yucky to me, I get that it's good Just for you. Just not my jam. No. Just not my jam. Not your toe jam. Not, oh. <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on. Uh, this person, okay, this message came from Instagram. I saw your story about Uber Eats as a date night, and I voted yes on both accounts. And I'm wondering what you and Brandon do for date night, because you look like you're so happy together. Okay, so we have to rewind. We were messing around the other day, and I was saying that wouldn't it be fun to deliver Uber Eats together for date night, just for fun to like see what people order, um, and then I was really honest and said, no, it's just so that I could steal one of their French fries or one of their calamari rings. And so I put a survey out on Instagram. Do you think it's a good date night? And only about half of people said they thought it was a good date night. Uh, for me, it's kind of exciting because I've never considered driving an Uber. Um, but I would do it with Brandon to deliver food. That kind of mm. sounds interesting. Come on. Most people aren't going to do Uber Eats as a date night. But just the idea of it is fun. I think I would. Let's do it then. Do you want to do it? We're going to say we're going to do it. We're not going to do Why? it. Many reasons. I don't even know how to sign up for Uber, but I'm sure there are Uber drivers listening. And you know what? You Kudos to you all. You have way more self-restraint than I do because I would eat half the food that I deliver. Well, here's the other thing. I order from a place called Queen Margarita. 
uh, via Uber Eats, delicious pizza, delicious, delicious calamari. And I noticed that they put a sticker on their packaging to ensure that the seal isn't broken. And I said to Brandon, this must be because the drivers are stealing the food. But how do you steal some pizza? Not pizza, maybe a pepperoni, a calamari, because we ordered yeah, calamari sure, from that. Calamari. Uh, and so I asked on Instagram, if you were an Uber Eats driver, would you take a snack of the food? And I have to go look at the results, but it was something like 60% said they would steal the food and 40% lied and said they wouldn't. No, just kidding, 40% yeah. said they 40% wouldn't. 40% of you are better than I am. So, so this person wants to know what we do for fun. We tend to work a lot, and when we're not working, we go to karaoke. Yeah, Sunday night, we did karaoke in Montreal with a couple of friends. Let me preface, I am not a good karaoke singer. You are. I used to be better. Yeah, I noticed because that. Because you know what it is? It's all about, <laughs> it's all about distractions. It's all about, so what do you do? You stand on a table and you scream, and then you kick. No, but you have a pretty decent voice. It depends on the song, man. Some okay. songs I'm brutal. But anyway, karaoke. But in comparison in comparison to me, like we admit that I I don't have a good voice. I could showcase it right now if you name a tune. I think you might lose some listeners. No, no, no. What do you want me to sing? Well, you want to do some TI? Okay. You want, you want to do some You can have whatever you like. You can have whatever you like. <laughs> Shut up. Any time you want, throw some D's on it. Telephonia, no, it ain't nothing. Drop a couple stacks on you. Want it? You gotta go get it. I gotta tell them other broke players be quiet. Yeah, stacks on me. So we do karaoke. We hit the same set of restaurants pretty consistently when we want to go out. Yeah, we, we do. We hang with our neighbors. Yeah, we hang with our lot. neighbors. We go for walks. We go for really long walks. Like, we walked 20 kilometers. For the American listeners, that's about 16? <laughs> no. No, no, no. 13 it would be miles? like 12? Yeah, 13, 12 or 13 miles on Friday. We just walked the city of Montreal. We were visiting Montreal. We stopped at different cafes and coffee shops. I really like to eat a tiny little bit at each cafe or restaurant rather than eating like an appetizer, a main and dessert because I want to hit as many restaurants as possible. Uh, we, we're a little lucky in that my work affords a lot of adventure, right? So, you, I mean, I've probably been in like, I don't know, 15 countries and 30 different cities this year. And so say so you've been in that many countries and cities in the last 90 days. Yeah. So Brandon comes along. Um, we try and make work play and I do work a lot, but I always make sure to play while I'm away as well. Even if it's just sneaking away to have a coffee. I talk about coffee all the time, but I drink decaf. And in Europe, if you try and order decaf, they literally roll their eyes at you, right? <laughs> like in Spain. So we do have our staples that we go to all the time but I think some of the excitement comes from your travel or even just going for a walk and exploring and see what happens yeah right and we go to we you know we've done lots of fun things like go to nude beaches and go to these clubs and go to these resorts and uh, you know if it was a weekly date night thing honestly I would love to just uber eats and stay in because I'm the opposite of people who have a routine who, to break that routine they need to go out for me to break the routine because I'm traveling so often, I just want to stay in and nest in my house for the night. And that's actually a bit of a problem because you've already been home, right? And then I'm kind of not forcing you to stay home. Yeah, I mean, I'm based out of Toronto, so I'm here all the time. So one of the challenges that we do have is that you come in from work that takes you all over the world and you're tired. And I'm here having had 
worked at home right. for the last week or two or however long since you've been here and you want to hang out with our dog, which totally agree with. But then a part of me is like, let's go out, let's do something. And then once you go out, sometimes I'm like, all right, I'm a bounce. Let's go home. And you're like, no, we're going to go all night. We're gonna party. <laughs> well, that's the like, other it's thing. Just like flip a switch, man. And then you're gone. That's the other thing with, with us that I do think keeps us happy is that we, we do our own thing. Like we go out and there's a point at which Brandon... I Houdini. No, Brandon pulls a Brandon, which means to all I of Houdini. my to all of my friends and neighbors, that means that he just leaves without saying goodbye and goes to bed. So even when I'm having a party or having a get together, Brandon's just gone all of a sudden. But what's cool is that you never tr- pressure me to leave with you. Uh, like you never, you know, make me feel like I need to leave with you. Sometimes I want to. Of course, I want to go to bed with you and spend the night with you. But if I know he's going like straight to sleep, I'm like, oh, one more drink, one more drink. Every now and then I get this like nudge at one o'clock in the morning. We're going dancing. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm like, all right, just, yeah, don't bug me when you get in. Yeah, uh, that's another thing we do is we dance a lot. Yeah. Right? So tomorrow, actually, which is probably today for you folks listening, we're heading to Jamaica. We'll be doing a lot of reggae and dance hall dancing. Um, you know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? Thunderclap. Oh, my God. Thunderclap. I, I kind of regret this Canadian marriage. You love it. Brandon wants to thunderclap, like dance hall thunderclap to every song. I need some some Jamaicans to show me some new moves. Yeah. It's from like circa 12 years ago. Yeah, he only knows the thunderclap and the shopping cart. <laughs> the shopping cart is when you dance and you like put your hand in front of you like you're putting something in the cart and taking it yeah, out of the I mean, you're walking down the aisle, you're choosing what you want. So you might look at the label, right? Maybe you're at the gym. There's, maybe maybe is there not a gym? That's not a move. Jamaican dance like reggae. That's dance not moves? a move. No, you sure? I'm like sure. Pump and iron. Okay, I no? can't wait to get this podcast. You on should video. really be video. I feel yeah. like people are missing out in yeah. a big way. Right and you're now. not wearing pants, so that's a bonus for you know what some of our. Listeners. I like to live on the edge. <laughs> I this is how I do. I would say those underwear are living on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my love. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that is helpful to answer your question about what we do for date night because we look happy, you say, and we are happy, but you know we're a normal couple with struggles. And I will say we're really lucky because of my job because it affords us a ton of adventure. And I love adventure. I love the feeling of just saying, oh, we're going on an adventure, um, whether that's hopping on a flight somewhere or just exploring a new corner of our city. Next question. Oh, it's another Instagram listener. Uh, I saw your post on Instagram about having intense conversations. Can you give me some examples of questions I can ask my husband? You say talk about sex, but what questions should I ask? Okay, so I often talk about having intense conversations as a way to deepen trust, open up vulnerability, um, and intensify intimacy. And I've talked about the fact that many people in long-term relationships find that their daily conversations become reduced to three topics, work, family, and schedules. And so you no longer talk about exciting things like your biggest dreams, uh, concerning philosophies, politics, controversial issues, and the things that you probably talked about early on in dating. So that's what this person is referring to. But they're also asking about sex. So I have an idea. It says, you say to talk about sex, but what questions should I ask? So I have some questions that you might ask to get 
the sexual conversation started. This won't necessarily lead to sex, but it certainly is more interesting dinnertime conversation than how traffic was on your way home or what some person in HR said to you earlier in the day. So what I was thinking, babe, was that we're going to dive into the fire. Hold on. Is this dinner table conversation with like family and friends? No, just the two of you. Well, it depends on your family and friends. (laughs) Um, We're going to dive in and actually answer some of these questions together. Oh, really? Right now? Yeah. All right, cool. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm going to give you all the questions so that people can hear them one time over and then we can answer them. So if you're looking to spice up your conversation and have more intense conversations and just start a conversation about sex, here are some questions. I've written them down. Okay, here we go. What was the first thing you noticed about me when we first met? What is your favorite aspect of our sex life? What element of our sex life would you like to change or improve? What did you fantasize about the last time you masturbated? How do you like to be touched during orgasm? So <laughs> so now I'm going to answer all these to the people listening? Yeah, but, but right. don't make them too long. So what was the first thing you noticed about me? The correct one? No, for real. Your boob? No, just no. kidding. Um, really? No. Because I would love that. No. <laughs> it sounds so um, not very specific, but like you're, you're beautiful. Your face. Are you kidding me? Like you're, that was what drew me to you. You're stunning. And then, of course, you were probably wearing some form of a halter top and short <laughs> shorts. So my gaze may have veered elsewhere immediately thereafter. Uh, we met working in a nightclub. And so I definitely was not wearing much clothing. Yes. Yeah. Um, I can answer that about you. So the first thing I noticed about you, don't, he's showing me his biceps right now. No. Boom. We need this on video, man. It was not your biceps. It was your eyes. Because when you talk, when they introduced me to you, you look right, you looked right into my eyes. Like you just have these piercing eyes that communicate not just to me, but I noticed this with everyone that your attention is really focused on the person you're talking to. And I remember thinking that like you just seemed kind of deep and intense and uh, it was your did that Did that thought pass? Yeah, as soon as I talked to you. <laughs> as soon as you spoke to me. The first thing Brandon talked to me about was... Cilia. No, it was about when squirrels attack. And then I went to cilia. Because he, he was studying kinesiology. Studying some, some, yeah. Can you define but cilia? I do. It's the hair follicles. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm probably even incorrect in, in saying <laughs> let's that. Let's Google it. But let's talk about when squirrels attack. Okay. No, just kidding. All right, let's move on. Um, what's, what's the best part of our sex life? Oh, how we are constantly willing to kind of spice it up a little bit, even just um, through talk or through dialogue. Like, I think it's that openness and that willingness to, to have me. the discussions to push boundaries, even if, even if nothing comes of it. Yeah. And even but if it doesn't work out, because we've done a bunch of things that haven't worked out. You mean talked about stuff? No, we've even done some stuff that have yeah. been, like, we've had a couple incidents where I would consider, like, one of them in particular a bit disastrous. Yeah. There were a couple that were some huge misses, and there were one or two that were, Yeah. Yeah, one one was uh, a little tough for us to, I think, move on from, and and I, I think one day maybe we'll talk about that. We'll we'll see how nice people are to me on social media. <laughs> 
I'm always afraid to open up. Like I open up a lot on this podcast more than anywhere else in my social presence. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll get there another time. So if I were to answer that question, the favorite part, my favorite part of our sex life. Um, for me, it's that you're always willing to kind of push yourself even when things are uncomfortable. So even when we're super exhausted or even when there's some tension in the house, um, even if, you know, there's other people bothering us in the house, you and you're not in the mood and you're not relaxed. I feel like you work to get yourself there. And that pushes me. Uh, and I, I appreciate that. After 17 years together, it's not like I walk in the door every day and want to tear your clothes off. Sometimes what? I do. Well, you're pretty, he's pretty yeah, nice no, to I look don't. at. But, uh, and also just really nice to be around. Like I'm very attracted to you other than sexually. So that's my favorite part. Okay, we got to get to this. What element of your sex life would you like to improve? Probably the quantity with which we have sex frequency. because yeah frequency I'm sorry because you're here you're not here yeah um and sometimes when you are here there's other stuff going on with my business that consumes my headspace and makes it difficult for me to want to have sex yeah yeah so I, I, actually, I would say frequency yeah frequency definitely and I don't want to copy your answer but for me it's the same thing I'd love to have more of it I like it <laughs> I like it and I I'd like, like to sex. have more of it. Yeah. Yeah. And we can and there's an episode on sexual frequency that you can also go back and listen to. Okay, this one, I don't know if you're gonna remember. What did you fantasize about the last time you masturbated? Whatever was on the homepage of YouPorn. <laughs> so you just go to YouPorn. That's it. Done. Okay. Pick a video. So you don't even really fantasize, you just watch. Yeah. Okay. Um for me, actually, I kind of remember, because I, I can't remember exactly where I was. I wasn't in town. I was someplace else. And I woke up in the morning, and I was kind of half asleep, and I felt the tingle. And for me, it was like sex with this random person in a truck. Really? I know. In a truck? I know. You don't like trucks, do you? Yeah. I'm not a big fan of trucks. Yeah, well, I, I, and I've never even, I don't even know if I've dated anyone ever with a truck. Um... Just, again, we're in the city, so not a lot of people have trucks. Yeah, not exactly super maneuverable yeah. downtown. But, but yeah, it was like this sex with this random person in a truck. Yeah, yeah. interesting. It lasted 30 seconds. That's how it was um, efficient. Mm, yeah. Sounds like it. And then finally, how do you like to be touched when you're having an orgasm? Uh, not touched. Yeah? Yeah. You want me to just go in the next room? Well, you don't have to leave, but it's like just... Let me convulse. <laughs> Do you want me to just hush? Hush your mouth. <laughs> don't hush, talk. Don't move. Hush your mouth. Um, I like to, I'm not going to get too detailed, but I like to be kind of like pressed on with a lot of pressure and just held. And I don't want you to move too much, but I don't want you to let go. Do you want me to talk a lot? No, I'd, like you, no, I'd like you to shut your mouth when you're talking mouth, to yes. me. <laughs> shut your mouth when Okay, so those are some examples of questions you could ask. I think if we were alone and had more time, we might go into a little bit more detail and move a little bit more slowly. But I think, like, you know, we answered as, as honestly as we could. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought my advice was quite helpful. It wasn't really advice. <laughs> I thought my commentary was super deep and very helpful. Okay, yeah. moving on. 
Okay, so this person says, I just got divorced and I'm in my late 30s. So they're my age. I feel like everything has changed in dating since I was single and I have a ton of questions for you, okay. But the main one is how long should I wait to have sex with a new guy? Why is there a time frame on how long you have to wait to have sex with somebody? I mean, I understand why because, I mean, primarily women are seen, you know, you don't want to give it up too quickly and, and you know, there's these ideas that people have, but... Gendered stereotypes of giving it, giving it up is so ridiculous anyways. Like, I'm about to take it. And you know what? If I was dating, I'd be cool with that. Um, the only reason we're together... 17 years later is because I took it. Yeah, I did not have an intelligent response when you wanted to take it. Yeah, you just sat there. With a deer in the headlight kind of look on your yeah. face. Um, it's a good question. Why is there a time limit? And I think for women, there's just a lot of pressure to be something that is ultimately impossible, right? We're not supposed to have sex too soon because we're judged as being easy. We're not supposed to hold out because then we're judged as being prudes. And this pressure to conform to some absurd standard, which ultimately leaves you damned if you do and damned if you don't, is really, I think it's frustrating and intimidating. So the bottom line is have sex whenever you feel like it. If you want to do it before you've even ordered the entrees, <laughs> go for it. If you'd rather wait until you've said I love you, that's okay too. And if you want to wait until marriage, you'll be fine too. I think what's most important, of course, is that you're both on board. You're both free from pressure. You don't want to play games. And when it comes to how long to wait, I think it's a good measure of compatibility. Because if you want sex right away, because you see sex as a primal act, void of emotion, and your partner that you're dating wants to wait until you're committed or ready to move in together, it might be a sign that you're not sexually compatible. Now, I, I've talked about compatibility being something you cultivate as opposed to something you find in the past, but sometimes your sexual values are sim simply too divergent, and you're lucky to discover this early on. So bottom line, if you want to do it and your partner wants to do it, do it. What do you, well, the other thing I think about is, so if it's something that you want and if you have sex with that person, whether it's after one date or 50 dates, you've gotten what you've wanted and chances are they've gotten what they've wanted too at around the same time. Are you concerned that that person's going to judge you? Well, if you're concerned that they're going to judge you, then you probably don't want to be with somebody longer term who judges you based on having sex with them after the first date or the 10th date. Right? Are you looking for a long-term partner who in the future is like, well, we had sex after the first date, so I don't know how I feel about you? Well, we had they, sex on they also date. had sex with you after the first date. Right, but it's these gendered norms. I don't even know no, what, what the gender of this person is in terms of who they're dating. But uh, yeah, it's interesting because men will say, well, she slept with me on the first date. And like you said, but you slept with her. And we had sex on our first date. I mean, I did. <laughs> were you there for it i was there that deer in the headlights look remember to be fair we had sex before we went on a date true <laughs> and here we are 17 and a half years later yeah and does that mean that the formula for a lasting relationship is to have sex on the first date absolutely not it me it, what it tells us is that there there is no formula right i, I know people who have been together actually 50 years who waited until they were married 
to have sex. And then there's us who are on our way to 50 years. <laughs> I have all the confidence that we will be there. Agreed. Even longer because we're going to live to be to be 100. But there's no there's no perfect formula. So you have to figure out what works for you. Don't compromise your own values and uh, make sure that you know you're feeling supported and safe and that your partner feels the same. Okay, last question. This person, oh, this one's funny. I hate that my husband just falls asleep after sex. Why? How, <laughs> how can I get him to stay awake and spend some quality time with me? From Dr. Jeff. Because no, <laughs> you always fall right asleep. Oh, I'm super relaxed. Yeah, he's. you know how he said, don't touch me when I'm having an orgasm? Usually <laughs> because I'm asleep. Yeah, it's because he goes from, oh, oh, to... <laughs> Hey and man, like, listen, it takes me a lot of work to get relaxed. And I have to kick him and say, babe, you got to pee, go pee. <laughs> right? I have to kick him out of bed. So the reality is a lot of people pass out after sex. And there's actually research into specifically why men pass out. And it has to do with brain activity. So the cerebral cortex shuts off during orgasm. And then the amygdala and the another part of the cingulate cortex send messages to other parts of the brain. And so what this signals is the need to quash all sexual desire. And so then this results in the release of these slumber-inducing chemicals, um, and kind of opioids that lull you into a relaxed, drowsy sleep. So how can you get your partner to stay awake and spend some quality time with you? Stop doing it at night, man. Good call. I've still fallen asleep in the middle of the day. Yeah, but I can wake you up in the middle of the day. It's a lot easier to wake up in the middle of the day. So what you're saying is that my brain shuts down after we finish having sex. I think yours shuts down uh, <laughs> multiple like... times throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just sex-induced. Actually, there's also research suggesting that the part of the brain behind the left eye shuts down right at orgasm momentarily. And that's why if you're distracted or tense or worrying about something else, you often can't reach orgasm because you're not letting go. So you actually have to kind of give way to the primal part of your brain and say, okay, this is yours. Now you can have these weird movements and as Brandon calls them, convulsions or spasms and enjoy yourself. So I, maybe my answer wasn't that helpful, but you might not be able to stop them from falling asleep. If they need the sleep, it's good for them. It's good for your relationship. Um, when you're sleep deprived, you're more likely to misread your partner's signals. You're less, you're more likely to misinterpret their interest in sex. Um, and you know, it's like drinking alcohol, it inhibits your frontal lobe functioning. And so missing out on a good night's sleep can have the same negative impact on your brain's functioning the next day. So let them sleep and sleep is good for the relationship. You're better able to resolve conflict. You're less likely to engage in big arguments. You're more empathetic. So sorry. But you also said Sweet. it, you said, <laughs> but you also said communicate it, like tell the person, right? If it's something that you need, maybe they're not going to give it to you every single time after you have sex, but at least if you were to convey that to me <laughs> right before I fall asleep, I'd be like, no, I got to stay away for a few more minutes and cuddle or hold you or all talk I, to you All I really want is. is a foot rub. Well, my brain is shut down, so <laughs> I am sorry. I don't need your brain. I just need your hands. True. If I could rub your feet while I was asleep... We'd both be very happy. That, that would be a good relationship. I'd be totally cool with that. <laughs> All right. I have a few other questions here, but I'm going to have to leave them for another episode because Brandon has to go 
and we are definitely sweating up in here. It's to, out. Yeah, with this power outage. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to Desire Resorts for your support. Follow along and please keep sending the questions in. I think it's really interesting the way people respond to our content with additional questions and it gets me thinking and researching and looking at other things that I need to look into and learn because the more I work in this field and the more I read and the more studies I consume, the more I realize how little I know. There's so much information and rich data out there. And I love just divulging all my personal secrets. <laughs> he keeps saying yes to being on the podcast, even though I keep throwing these Hey, I'm having a great time. I really don't know the answers to these questions or sorry, I don't even know what the questions are before we sit down. And I prefer it that way so that I just am completely unscripted response. But your question, the questions are your own. It's not like you have to answer with any expertise. I mean, let's emphasize there's no expertise <laughs> right there. I'd like to think that there's some expertise, of course. but definitely not to the same degree um, as what you have. No, I, I, no, I agree wholeheartedly. But you're speaking from experience and people like I'm very interested in all of your experiences. Every time I get letters or notes or even feedback from some of my work, I'm always learning. So I'm also not afraid to admit my vulnerabilities. I'm not afraid to try to tell people that, yeah, I mean, I've felt insecure, I've lacked confidence, or that's made me feel excited or, or uncomfortable. Because I think a lot of people feel the, these ways, but mm -hmm. are unwilling because of gendered norms mm -hmm. to admit them. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I don't have a problem always admitting them like I'm sorry rather sometimes I have a problem admitting them but I'm trying to not have a problem because I know a lot of other people feel the same way and are unwilling to admit it so what you're saying is this helps you as much as it helps anyone this is else. my therapy man no this is not no. your therapy you need to see a therapist I need to see a therapist not you specifically but everybody can benefit everybody. from seeing a therapist if you have that resource all right thank you again for listening follow along at sex with dr jess and we're in Toronto, Brandon. There we go. And we'll be back next Friday with another podcast from Jamaica. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. Improve your life.